Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Anita Adams here, your host, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Pablo Are Chabela, an extraordinary individual with a life story that reads like a thrilling adventure novel. Pablo has always believed in the uniqueness of every individual and has lived a life that reflects this philosophy. From his early years, Pablo explored diverse families, socioeconomic backgrounds, and embarked on various adventures, shaping his his perspective on life. In his 20s, he continued this pattern by traversing the globe, accumulating a wealth of experiences that would later become the foundation of his remarkable journey. In 2020, with a mere $500 to his name and armed with sheer determination, Pablo set out for New York City without a concrete plan, contacts, or background. His mission? to prove that one can alter their reality solely through thoughts and emotions. Fast forward two years, and Pablo not only succeeded in changing his own reality, but also opened his second business. However, life took an unexpected turn, prompting Pablo to return to Mexico after receiving news that completely transformed his existence. Now Pablo is on a mission to dedicate his life to serving others, guiding them to reach the frequency of love and mastery of the mind. In his unique perspective, Pablo refers to society rules as brules or bullshit rules and limiting beliefs as the matrix that constrains us. Today, Pablo and I are going to talk about how to wield the power within to recreate your reality. Welcome, Pablo. I am really, truly honored to have this time here with you today to explore this topic on how to alter our reality. Thank you very much. And thank you for that such amazing in- introduction. It's it's crazy to hear somebody else saying all of those nice things about me when <laughs> in reality it's just it's just been my life and and well I'm very happy to be able to to share some of it with other people and well see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, well beautiful. It's um it's been really wonderful getting to know you a little bit through um the coaching program Pablo and I um completed um a, a coach a life life coaching certificate program through Mind Valley and um, his energy just shone through uh, through this this program and I knew he was somebody I wanted to get to know more of and about his story and so I'm really delighted I'm really delighted to have him here to share his story and um, and his words of wisdom I think there's some really beautiful things that we're gonna gonna touch into here today so Pablo why don't we start with um, you telling us a little bit more about your experience 
experience. Leaving Mexico with just $500 in your pocket, that's that's bold. Um, particularly, that was you know the early in the pandemic. So there was so much uncertainty in the world already. And yet here you leave Mexico going to uh, you know another country with so little in in your back pocket. Tell us a little about that that experience um yeah what you learned from it you know just what what happened what got you to do that in the first place absolutely absolutely so before before arriving to mexico and living to new york city i was actually living in belgium for around six years by then during my time there i had uh, one of the lowest lows in my life but i also had one of the biggest lives uh, the biggest ups in my life which is exactly why going through all of that journey of darkness, all of these mental limitations, all of these thoughts just overwhelming me for so long. And then finally seeing the light and really it's like putting Technicolor glasses for the first time and seeing color for the first time. It felt like I was alive. I was happy to be alive. I was passionate to be alive. That is what inspired me to take that decision to go to New York City because I feel like in Belgium, even though I had everything, I felt like I had nothing. And sometimes it's just very easy for for humans to forget how grateful we can be over the little things. It just felt like I was missing expectations. I was not making people proud. I was not pleasing everybody. I was not doing what I wanted to do. I was following a path that was laid in front of me by society. Like you have to go to school, you have to go to university, you have to get a degree. And I was trying to to please everybody and, and do everything correctly that I just forgot about myself. And when I had the switch in Belgium, it started making more sense to do everything for myself, not in a narcissistic way, but in a way in which I can prove that self-love is way more important and it's okay to go first. Now, I'm not saying a narcissistic way in which I'm going to step on top of everybody, but in a way in which I will help when I can, but when I can't, I have to help myself first because otherwise it's like the analogy of the airplane. I cannot put the gas mask on the little kid first and then on myself because otherwise... What if I faint before putting it on myself? And what's the little kid going to do afterwards? So when I arrived, the pandemic came. It, I, I'm sorry to say it was my my best year of my life. I know it was very tough for a lot of people. And it it, it was devastating for humanity as a whole. Yet in my personal experience, it gave me the time to read. It gave me the time to discover myself, to discover my body, to meditate and discover my spiritual side. And all of a sudden it turned into the best year of my life because I was healthy, I was independent, I was still grateful enough to continue being all of these good version of myself while the world was in a whole state of chaos. And I manifested opportunities, manifested a job, manifested many a girlfriend at the time as well. It was it was like everything I wanted in my life would just fall into my lap. And I've started to see a correlation between my routines, behaviors, habits, and thought patterns, and what I would experience. And then I would remember what my actions, thoughts, and behaviors from before were, and how I was suffering in just that same reality. So I decided to take that 
a step forward and I decided to leave Belgium behind, left all of my material things behind. My roommate was very happy because I gave him everything I owned. And I took the, a backpack, the same backpack that I used to travel the world back in my 20s. And $500, came back to Mexico for a pit stop, said hi to my family and said, okay, I'm going to go in this crazy adventure with this crazy purpose, with these resources and wish me luck. Of course, it was encountered with a little bit of resistance from everybody. It's not the right time. You can do it later. I mean, the country just opened up. You're not going to get a job. It's COVID out there. What's going to happen? And all of those thoughts started becoming uh, heavy. I started realizing, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should wait. Yeah, I am going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then I realized, wait, that's the trap. We're always waiting for the perfect time. We're always waiting for the, when all the stars fall into place for us to take action. And it's that constant wait that makes us unable to, to change our realities. So I decided to make that a purpose even further. So I took the decision, even when the world was in so much uncertainty, when everything was in so much uncertainty, that was the perfect time for me because it's, it's going to prove the point even with more weight. It's, it's, it's okay for it to be uncertain. It's just acting in alignment that's going to bring everything that you want. So when I took that step to New York City, I wanted to put myself in a position that that people might be in and they they might feel like they can't really get out of. Feeling like they're stuck with a partner that they don't really love, but finances keep them together. Feeling like they're stuck in... Uh, a school because they have to meet the expectations of their parents and they're studying something that they don't want feeling like they cannot go to another country because they don't know the language or they don't know how they're going to survive over there yet everything always turns out okay everything always turns out all right and jumping at that moment was the perfect way of showing it. I arrived immediately. I was working shoveling snow. And afterwards, I heard Spanish, talked with, a, with that person and said what I was doing. And I immediately got another job in the supermarket. And then all of a sudden, I received an email. I still don't know to this day how they got my email address. But I received this email inviting me to an interview where I arrived and with full honesty, because I feel like that's also a very big important lesson in being able to manifest your reality is speaking truth. With full honesty, I said what I was doing, why I was doing it, and that I had no visa, no work papers, and I was in this situation, but this is me. They hired me on the spot. And my life changed since that, since that moment. I entered this new world where it was another matrix, of course, where it sucked me up for a little bit. Um, yet I learned so much more of myself, so much more of business, so much more of people, human behavior. I interacted with so many people in the U.S., in so many different states, which kept me traveling as well. And two years later, I was able to to found my second my second business. And now we're we're starting this coaching business to try and teach people that they are able to do the exact same thing by just taking that risky action, that action towards uncertainty that might paralyze them or getting free of all of these little limiting beliefs or thoughts that might paralyze them from taking action. Well, to just think differently and take that action, see what happens. 
the worst thing that you can do is just go back to what you were doing before and you're going to be okay. But see what happens if you take a different action. That's that's kind of why I, I got the, the idea of doing all that crazy adventure. <laughs> it's quite the story, um, Pablo, really remarkable and beautiful. And you, you say so many things. I think it's very relatable. Um, and a lot of people, you know, the, the pandemic um, did create a lot of beautiful opportunities for people. I recognize too how it, you know, created a lot of strife and anxiety and fear and and loss. Um, and it also opened up um, some things for a lot of people as well, myself included. Um, and that was a, a turning point, a significant turning point in my life. Another parallel is that um, that's exactly the time where I went inward as well and started connecting with my spiritual side and really nurturing that part of me. It was a reluctant, a reluctance at first, and I won't bother getting into my story. I've shared it so many times on, on the podcast. I'll maybe tell you personally another time, but it was, you know, just um, a reluctance to let go of what was, what, what I knew and what I was comfortable with, um, the familiarity of the trap, you know, and I love that you said that, that it's a trap. Um, because it is, it is a trap. We we get stuck in with what we're comfortable with, and and it's really hard to move past that. The other thing I really liked that what you said, um, and it was tied into the idea of the trap, is that when you came back to Mexico, everybody was trying to dissuade you from listening to what you knew you needed to do, and you were you were influenced at first. And then you came back to really tuning in and listening and following your own path. And that takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of courage to do. Um, and I think it's easier to do when you have a strong foundational, spiritual foundation, a spiritual practice that you tune into, that you I think you call it, you know, the, that inner power. Um, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, before we, we, we jump into the main theme of, of today, um, I, I'd like you to share a little bit more about um, what happened next, you know, the, the further that further transformed your existence, as I know that plays a, a big role in what you're you're doing today. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that one of the things that was most influential in my in my journey to New York City was that my mom, for some reason, decided to wake up almost at the same time as I did. And she started being more self-conscious, more self-aware. So she was the one supporter that was telling me, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and be crazy. And of course, we love our moms and we listen to their advice all the time. But like, because it's our moms, we put their advice with less regard than everybody else's advice. So I was like, oh my God, if my mom is saying to do it, this is this is weird. <laughs> but I went ahead and went with my gut instinct. My mom supporting me, my stepdad as well, decided to come around and support me once he knew that there was no way of convincing me to stay. So it was very nice to have that support. I know that not everybody does have that support, but that support can come also from oneself. The thing that transformed my, my sense of self most was when I realized that most of the time we're stuck in that trap of the past or that trap of the future. We're always trying to live in the present, trying with all the weight of the past, like this person wronged me 
or oh this should have happened this way and it didn't or i should have said these different things so that my life could have been different or i should have never done this would have should have and all of these things are just thought it's brain power just being wasted on thoughts that there's no way of changing the past but there is a way that we can work with the past and that is by adapting our perception of it for the first 26 years of my life, I was a victim of my past. Everything that had happened to me, I only focused on the negative, only focused on the pain, only focused on the hurt. And my reality then was one of darkness, one where I was an unlovable being. And nobody is an unlovable being. Everybody is lovable. But I believed it so firmly deep within myself because of all my past and how I explained the story of my past. Yet we have the power to look at our own past and choose what is it that I want to pay attention to. I can pay attention to all of this negativity or I can pay attention to all of the love that was was provided to me, all of the help that came from nowhere, from people that didn't have to help me at all. And all of a sudden I was in their reality, being helped by them, being supported by them, all the love, all the amazing opportunities, experiences, by changing the perception of my own past, I was able to transform my mind from a victim's mind to one of an empowered and lovable being. And that just freed me from the constraints of a negative past of, oh, well, if this is how it's been, then this is how it's always going to be. And there's no changing it. And I believe that a lot of people are stuck in, in that. And I do understand sometimes like the loss of a children, the, lo the loss of children, the loss of, of a kid, that might be something that that it's very hard to get out of. I, I have encountered a lot of moms and recently one of my friends passed away and seeing her, his mom's pain was intense, yet she was very grateful for all the love that was for her son, everybody that appeared in that funeral for him. And a lot of people just look at the loss and they just focus on the loss and they just dwell in the loss instead of transforming the loss into, into some sort of love. And that goes along with a lot of different experiences and a lot of different traumatic events or, or however you want to call it, that people just get stuck in that loop of the past. But let's say that we're finally able to break free from this loop of the past there's another loop attacking, which is the loop of the future and the anxiety and the stress of, I need to control that my future are, is this way and my plan of five years and my plan of 10 years and this is gonna happen like this and this and this and this and this. Or you're stressing in your own day of like, oh my God, I still have to do the chores, I still have to do laundry, I still have to go do groceries, oh, this is too much, I don't wanna do all of these things. And then people are putting so much weight into their day-to-day -day lives that they forget to be in the only place in which they can actually be, which is the present moment. That understanding came to my life in a pivotal moment. When I was in Belgium, I had just lost the girlfriend. I had just lost the apartment. I had just lost the financial support for my parents. I had one friend who I barely knew and nothing else. And all of a sudden, I find a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing the name wrong. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Neither. Yeah, that book in my current broken mind state 
it was like I was absorbing all of the information and applying it immediately. I was just so tired of being in pain that whatever will tell me otherwise, I was going to believe it 100%. And I started really understanding and integrating this, this way of being in the present into my life. And all of a sudden, everything stopped mattering so much that everything started mattering so much. <laughs> I love that. There was no, there's no sense about the past. There was no sense about the future. It just mattered what I did in the moment. All of my attention comes into this present moment where I choose to create what comes next. Mm. Now I work with the future, same as if we can get trapped by the future, we can also utilize it as our tool. Now I utilize the future as my tool to envision the life that I want, envision what is it that I want to do. And little by little, I start moving the pieces that doesn't really matter when, because everything that I've wanted in my life has come to existence one way or another. Describe like maybe not in the yacht and my super penthouse everywhere where I want, not, but I did get to travel the world. I did get to be on boats. I did get to do all of these things that I ever imagined myself doing. So you can use the future to envision the life that you want to create. That understanding combined with the understanding of self-love is what has allowed me to create a reality that I'm excited to live every single moment. And it doesn't really matter what news come my way, as harsh as it might be, and as triggering as there might be, it's still the moment that matters the most. And in the moment, I can choose to interact with the past, interact with the future, and create a reality of my choosing. And that's what I'm aiming to help people understand, that they have this power themselves, the power to change their own perspective and the stories that they tell themselves about the past, challenge all of their assumptions about what other people might be thinking, and challenge all of these future expectations and controlled future and illusion of control of the future and just focus all of their attention in this moment, which is all that really matters. Put all of your love, put all of your energy, put everything into this moment because this is where you are now. It feels sometimes like the movie Click with Adam Sandler. It's maybe a little bit of an old movie, but in that movie, he's seen with a controller, a, a TV controller, I think it was, and he can fast forward the parts that he doesn't like. He can fast forward to his next promotion. So oh, I'm going to be happy once I'm promoted. And then he fast forwards to there. And his entire life, once the end of the movie, and sorry if I'm spoiling something, but once in the, at the end of the movie, he starts looking at his own life and going back to like all of these different stages of his life. And he was acting in automatic in as a robot. Mm -hmm. He wasn't really looking at people in the eye. He was just doing his tasks and, and, and just acting not really here, not really present. And I feel like that's, that's society nowadays. Most people are being here, but they're not really present. Not present. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, uh, Pablo. And I feel like that's been a big part of my journey as well, is learning that presence. And it's it's an ongoing um, journey. You know, I, I often have to remind myself to be present right here, right now, instead of, you know, even in podcast interviews, 
stop thinking about the next question, you know, that I'm going to ask, like, just really get present with my guest right here, right now. And when I do, I, I, more gold usually comes from those conversations than when I'm like, so focused on where I'm going to take this conversation. Um, and that's, I believe that's a skill. Presence is a skill that we can all learn. Um, for me, it came, uh, it started to come through by um, spending time in nature. That, that was my, my way in to building presence. What about you? What, how, how did you start to really build upon that sense of uh, that foundation of presence or practice to that um, muscle, develop that muscle? That's actually a great question. And I've been trying to pinpoint exactly which behaviors and thought patterns were the ones that broke me free. And that's what I aim to, to teach when I, when I coach. Yet, I can I can say what made me be present and what made me stay present for longer times. And I guess I just got accustomed to it. It was a moment, like I said, my mind was broken. Everything in my reality was broken. I was reading this book and all of a sudden, and I was a 26-year-old who was very fortunate in, in life. So I didn't really have to work other than when I was traveling the world, which was like a nonprofit volunteering work. So it wasn't really paid and I was doing it more for the experience. But by 26, I hadn't worked a single day in my life. I hadn't used my two hands for anything. So the idea of having to be in such a survival mode that I have to be 100% present, but really letting go of the survival and, and the stress and the and the oh my God, how am I going to do this? And just listening to what was happening in the moment, same as when it happened in New York City, the, the one friend that I had all of a sudden got me a job working at a restaurant. And instead of questioning, oh my God, I don't think I can do it. Or ah, I've never worked in my life. Can I start with like something in the computer department? Or can I start something in the business department? I didn't question anything. I was like, this is what the opportunity is presenting itself. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. And I met a lot of people there that helped me in this transition. Yet while working, I was present, so much present because it was so new to me that I took work as a meditate as a meditation. I took I was a cook at the start, so I took cutting the the vegetables as as an art, as a meditation. I'm doing it with purpose. I took everything I did, every action I did, and I put purpose into it. That allowed me to stay present. I took conversations when I was with clients. I mean, when somebody came in to order hamburgers or fries, I I struck out a conversation with them because why not? There's a person here waiting and I have nothing else to do but cook and then talk with them. Why not have that conversation with them? Really enjoyed the presence of every action that I was doing. I started working out again. I started moving my body. I started I started taking an interest in my health, what I was consuming, what I was doing. And all of a sudden, my body didn't feel heavy. I didn't feel fatigued. I didn't feel like, oh my God, it's 7 a.m. I cannot wake up. I felt awesome. I felt like, oh my God, it's 7 a.m. Let's start the day with some music in the shower. I was putting music in the shower. So I was being very present while showering. I was being very present while working. I was really very present while working out. And the rest was my social life. I lived in a place where I was surrounded with 100 people again, which is crazy. It's a pattern in my life. Uh, I got surrounded by 100 people from countries from all over Europe, staying in the same student residence called Van Orly. 
and it was beautiful. I will just go into the kitchen to cook my dinner and I will strike a conversation with the person about the deepest topics, the the most vulnerable states and really having conversations with no judgments and it kept me present in my relationships. So I, I started that. realizing, well, all I have to do is take an interest in my life and I get to be present. I get to put all of my attention in what I'm doing, in the actions that I'm taking. And that's that's what I try to tell everybody that I work with, that it doesn't really matter if you're driving and you're stuck in traffic. You can be like the guy next to you screaming and, sh- and honking the, the thingy. I don't know how it's called. The uh, <laughs> hornet, yeah. And, and insulting everybody. Or you can put a song that you like, enjoy the view, and just dance to your own self or sing to yeah. yourself. Who cares? It's your life. Just be present in everything you do and, and it will help take off the weight from, from everything else. Such simple uh, and yet beautiful and profound advice. I love what you're saying. So, you know, work with intention, do everything with intention. It's focusing on the one thing as opposed to the multitasking that our brains often want us to do. Just focus on that one thing and be fully present to that one thing or that one person. I like what you also said, have conversations with no judgment. So key, because that opens you up to um, have a, a, a receptive heart to really hear as opposed to that inner voice trying to du- judge what somebody just shared with you. Instead, just be open without judgment that creates presence. And then take an interest, simply take an interest in your life. I love it. Three beautiful tips right there on, on how to build presence that we can do every single day. You don't have to sit and meditate to build presence. You can be doing it by having a conversation. You can be doing it by cutting up um, carrots for your stew. You can be doing it by dancing in the shower with the music. I love it. <laughs> really yes. awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's beautiful, um, Pablo, and so simple. And that's what I love about it. Okay. Um, I want to dive into the conversation around the matrix. Um, you, um, Please define that for us, the matrix and how it how it constrains us. And I, I, I get it. Like I'm thinking automatically, I'm thinking the movie, The Matrix. But I, I want you to um, elaborate a little bit more on how you define The Matrix. Absolutely. And and let's start with the movie. I think that movie is a masterpiece documentary. Maybe <laughs> what is really happening? I don't know. But it's such a masterpiece when you truly look at every single message in it. I mean, we take a look at Neo the the main character he's you me he's all of us and he is following this nine to five routine working and in the day with which which he's contacted by morpheus he's told jump uh into the ladder and you'll be able to to to, to escape and, and come with us or stay there and see what happens and i think that's that's such a great representation of what choices we get to do in our daily lives. Every single day, we have the choice of jumping into uncertainty and doing something that we've never done before to experience something that we've never experienced before. And this is backed by Dr. Joe Dispenza and his his explanations in Rewired, great series. Or we can make the same decisions and stay comfortable with what we're told and what we know and just experience more of the same. So Neil, after seeing the, the risk of falling and the, the uncertainty of being on top of a huge building and can I really make it or not, he decides to stay. 
he gets trapped by the Agent Smith, which is the suit and tie, which is also suit and tie. <laughs> and then they get they get this this bug into Neo and he just completely forgets it it felt like it was all a dream and he just goes back into his his life. And I think that's just what happens to a lot of us. We are so afraid to make a decision for ourselves that might might hurt us because it's a risk at the end of the day that we just decide to conform but what society expects us. And it's funny how in the third movie of The Matrix, Agent Smith had found a way to replicate himself. So all of a sudden, the whole Matrix was Agent Smith. I think that's what happens in reality with with humans. We're if If we're not really making decisions for ourselves, if we're not really living the life that we want with our purpose, we're just another copy-paste version of another human before us and after us that's just going to go to school, just going to go to university, get their nine to five, buy a house, get indebted, live their entire lives working, and then retiring to maybe try and live a life afterwards with what life looks now, not the best economy. Or you can just go ahead and risk it. And I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm not going to be rich at the, uh, in the end of my life, well, might as well not be rich now and enjoy it. So I think that the matrix involves a lot of the programming that it's done to us ever since we're born from the TV shows that we watch, from the Hollywood, what kind of love is right. And like the man sacrifices everything for the woman and the woman is is always looking for help. And all of these ideas that are put into our heads, what should we consume? Uh, the food pyramid, which is, uh, this is actually, I don't know if it's, it's facts, but the food pyramid, which was taught to us completely to, to make us unhealthy, all of these ideas that are put onto us that we don't really question, we just take as truth. Mm-hmm. And Socrates, I think he was Socrates that said, that a lazy way of thinking is accepting everything that you hear as truth. And another way lazy thing of thinking is not challenging your own, your own self, your own thoughts. So I, I just think that a lot of people just don't question enough, don't challenge enough what, what they're told. Who's to say that I need to go get a job and work at a big company to be successful? Why can I not be successful owning a little boat in the beach and I just give little trips to tourists and I fish every day and that's my my success. I mean, everybody has their own definition of success, yet this Jones effect is what we're trying to pursue so much so that it's it's one part of the code of the matrix. Another part is your family and your culture and how you should behave in Mexico. You should always pay for the women in open all the doors in Belgium. If you open the door for a woman, she gets mad. So it's like, okay, <laughs> all of these different societal behaviors that we're supposed to follow that conform part of the matrix, whether it's cultural, whether it's language, whether it's behaviors in dinner, whether it's hobbies, it's all what others are doing around me that conforms what I want to do when it's not like that. What I want to do is what I want to do, what everybody else is doing. That's amazing for them. And if I can, I will help them and I will join them and I will learn from them, but I will never try and tell anybody else what to do because I am still figuring out what is that I want to do. So how come we are all following what we're told what to do? 
we're told to work, we're told to purchase these things, we're told that if we have these cars, we're gonna be successful. And if we have these material things, that's 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 it, that's how we made it. When it doesn't really work that way. And I love the Mind Valley platform because there's a lot of different quests out there, there's a lot of different knowledge, and one of them is the rules, the rules of society that are limiting beliefs that got installed in us for X, Y, or Z reason. Maybe it was somebody that we respected. Maybe it was our teacher. Maybe it was our parents that said something because of their own perspective of life that we took on, didn't challenge, installed in our subconscious, never to be seen again. And that's how we run through life. Some Something that I struggled with was money because so. When I was a kid, I would see all of my family members telling me that money was evil and rich people were evil because they had to step on other people to get there. And I believed that, okay, so money is evil because people that have money stepped on other people and I never want to do that. So I will never get money. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? That doesn't really make sense. Why would money be bad? And I've met so many people that are very wealthy, that have great hearts, that are doing so many great stuff for the community, so many good nonprofits out there that are really changing the world. So that was um, um, a limiting belief that I grew up with for so long that hurt me so much, and I was completely unaware of it. Right. That's the matrix. It's all of these beliefs that get implanted in us without us realizing that we don't challenge and we live by and escaping it, it's questioning all of these beliefs. It's it's like in, and I, I love the the artists of the world because they try to tell us in, in their work, but it's like in Star Wars, how they say you have to unlearn everything you've learned and then you have to relearn it again. Well, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. We have to unlearn everything we were told at some point. We have to zoom out of the current model of reality that we perceive. And then we can dive back in and be like, oh, okay, now I can play the game differently. Now I understand, okay, I don't want to make business my entire reality, but I can play with business so I can I can use it as a tool for me. I think that's what what the matrix is constituted by all of all of these beliefs that are currently roaming around without our awareness. Right. I think and, awareness is the is the key, isn't it? That's how you break out. That's how you exit the the matrix is the the awareness. Ch- I think you use the word challenging your beliefs. So that's challenging your beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hundred percent agree with that as well. Um, I I talk to my um, clients about um, there's two ways of being in the world. There's a foolish way of being, being, and there's the wisdom way of being. And that's basically there's the the unconscious way of being where you just you're unaware. You're just going through life. Um, accepting everything as it's handed to you, accepting the the rules, as you say, as society lays out how you are supposed to be, what you're supposed to eat, what you're supposed to weigh, where you're supposed to live, all that stuff. That's the foolish way of being. And then the wisdom way of being is is the conscious way of being. It's about being aware of choices and, as you say, challenging your your existing beliefs and the beliefs of society and then making a choice that is aligned with who you really are. So we're, Absolutely. We're... It's, it's that ability to be so conscious that each thought that occurs into your mind does not go unseen. 
everything that you process in your mind, you observe it, then you choose it, and then you act upon it. Yeah. That's how one can start hacking the matrix. That's how Neo was able to fly. That's how Neo was able to to do all of these things in the matrix because you start cracking, hacking your own matrix by choosing which beliefs, which thoughts you want to accept, truly believing in them because you are choosing them so they have that power. And then that's how you manifest and, and create your own reality. You hack the matrix. Yeah, I, I just I really love this, this um, the hacking the matrix. Um, and it, it, it really comes down to not just awareness, but noticing, noticing your behaviors and then challenging challenge them from there and then you can make the cho- the choice so really awesome that's the way out that's the way out of the matrix is noticing becoming aware choosing differently choosing a different belief and your beliefs lead to actions and actions lead to outcomes so th- there voila. we go <laughs> voila that could have been better that's exactly what what it is yeah and everybody has that same power and yes. an an invitation to the listeners will be to try and picture how thoughts manifest in their mind. For example, when I started doing this exercise, it felt like it was just a huge dark cloud with thoughts running all over the place, like thunders just going so fast I couldn't catch them, I couldn't see them. It was just so many things in my head. Little by little, I started unclogging this, and now I see a river, which is... Very, very, how do you call it? Still? Yeah, very still, transparent. And I see fish. And I see a lot of black fish. And I see a red fish. And that red fish is usually the cho- the thought that I choose to act in my best interest, to act in alignment. So I see a situation, for example, the news that I got when, when I had to come to Mexico. And I can see all of the all of the millions of fish that started swarming in, making the river very... Psh- and I was, it was hard to see the redfish, but it was my opportunity to calm myself down, to be present, disregard everything that has to include the future or the past, just be present and then observe all of these thoughts. Little by little, the river started becoming more still and I was able to choose the fish, the thoughts that were helping me overcome that scenario, helping me continue moving forward. And that brought me to this moment right now everybody should have a way in which they can interact with their minds, whether they're visual or auditive or they see colors, whatever, it's unique for everybody. That's why there's no right or wrong way of doing it. Just go ahead and try to visualize how many thoughts are coming into your head and don't judge them. There might be dark thoughts, we all have them. There might be mischievous thoughts, we all have them. There might be amazing thoughts. There might be beautiful, loving thoughts. We all have them. There's no judgment in there. It's all mental. Choose your thoughts. Learn how to interact with your mind. And, and I promise that reality will change. Beautiful. I, I love that. You've said so many, so many beautiful things here um, today, Pablo. You've given us some really simple tools to work with. Um, is there anything else that you do in your spiritual practice that helps you to um, calm the mind um, so you can see the, the red fish? Um, and I love that, that um, metaphor, by the way. It's a, a beautiful analogy. Um, yeah. Any, any pr- spiritual practices that you use that um, 
you want you can share with us yeah i think that there is this one tool that i use whenever things start to becoming too heavy and that is the simple ability to zoom out mm. zoom out meaning taking off the goggles of what i believe is important and then going back through my own life, reliving all of my life with the story that I want to tell myself about the events that happened in my life, but reliving my entire life and then reliving my parents' life and then trying to picture how my friends have lived their life and then trying to picture how the world has had many animals, many civilizations, many just zooming out, zooming out, zooming out as much as I can to realize just how really insignificant I am. <laughs> just truly how insignificant everything is. And because nothing really matters, I mean, there's no prize to win at the end of my life. There's no mm. destination to arrive to. There's no, I'm going to change the entirety of the course of, of life because I may change my generation. I may change even seven generations with what I'm saying, but life will continue developing itself way long before I'm gone. Mm -hmm. So really, when I, when I realize just really how insignificant I am, I realize that not only am I insignificant, but I am the most significant thing in my life. Mm -hmm. So everything that's so heavy just suddenly disappears, becomes temporal issues or temporal situations or temporal things that are happening in my, my surroundings that I know at some point will not be what matters. If I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to pass this math test, which means I'm not going to graduate, which means I'm not going to get a job, which means I'm going to end up homeless and, and jobless and uh, I can realize, wait, that happened in primary school. That happened in secondary school. That happened in high school. Oh my God, that continues happening and I'm still here. I'm still okay. It's going to continue happening in the future and I'm still here and I'm still okay. Well, what's the point in worrying about anything at all? There's really no point. As long as I'm breathing, as long as I'm alive, as long as I'm continuing to move forward, no matter what comes my way, everything's going to be okay because I can have full trust in the universe that as long as I'm drawing breath, it has something expected for me, a new adventure, a new journey, whether it's a fun one or it's a movie that's a terror movie, whatever it might be, it's a new experience and I'm going to get past it and it's going to be okay at the end. And if it's not okay and I end up dead, well, I'm dead. So <laughs> who cares? I mean, it doesn't really weigh on me anymore, does it? <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Oh, Pablo, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I really uh, enjoyed this conversation and getting to learn more about your personal story and hearing your words of wisdom. Um, again, you know, like I really loved, you know, just take take a real interest in your love in your life. You know, that's a key to being present and uh, and to set intentions just to to do the one thing. Really great, really great stuff. And those are just a few of the the takeaways I got from today. So thank you so much. Um, any um, oh, if if my audience would like to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. So they can go into my Instagram, which is Pablo Chepi, Pablo Chepi, or they can find me on my website Arechavala, which is my last name, ArechavalaConsulting.com. Uh, they can hear more about me. They can book a session with me. And well, I'm very, very grateful to be hosted in your show. You've been a great host. I felt 
so so easy a conversation that just flows and and it's just a very beautiful experience to to have so thank you so much for having me Wonderful. Thank you so much, Pablo. We'll put those um, coordinates or those uh, links in the show notes so our listeners can and find you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here with us today. And Joyful Journeyer, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the show and spread the love. Let more people find out about uh, about the show so we can raise the collective consciousness and, and touch the lives of more people with uh, the beautiful words that our guests are here to share. So with that, we will leave you and we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.